0: The Washington Capitals are the 2018 Stanley Cup champions. It's not a dream. It's not a desert barrage. It's Lord Stanley, and he is coming to Washington. Welcome back japers radio i'm your host adam stringham and today i'm happy to be joined by greg young how are you doing greg
1: i'm doing well i'm doing well we're uh doing a little role reversal here with uh you doing the hosting and me uh in the hot seat firing away my takes
0: well you know i just wanted to get back in that captain's seat it's been a long time so uh
1: it feels <laughs> nice
0: so appreciate there you, you go up. there you get go i'll be the case. uh
1: nicholas backstrom to your alex ovechkin that's that sound good
0: well, it would sound good if, uh, if Ovechkin <laughs> wasn't, uh, you know, not allowed to play any more hockey. So let's, I'll be let the let Nicholas
1: Backstrom to your Jakob Vrana, I guess. I don't, I don't even know. Like, <laughs> yeah, I guess John Carlson maybe would be the guy you would think of there. Oof, huh? Maybe it's 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 going to be a rough little
0: bit here for the Capitals. And news coming out today that uh, Ovechkin, Kuznetsov, Orlov, and Samsonov are all going to be out. Um, due to corona, and coronavirus protocols, um, but it is associated with a positive test for Samsonov, um, and it's looking like Ovechkin and Kuznetsov, are, excuse me, and Orlov are all going to be out at least four games. Greg, what are your kind of first thoughts on this? I mean, things were already going kind of rough for the Capitals over the last two games, and now, and now this.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of thoughts. I think let me just kind of go over the timeline here because I think my mood swung pretty drastically throughout this as I think a lot of the Caps fan base's moods did because the news comes out yesterday, and we don't really know exactly what happened. We just know that the Caps have been thi- fined $100,000, which I think is the first COVID-related fine of the year. So you figure, okay, something's not great. And then you see the Elliot Friedman tweet saying the Capitol's COVID list, uh, their COVID exposure list is TBD. And you're thinking, this isn't great. And then you see that it's uh, the, you know, the Russian four of Orlov, Ovechkin, uh, Samsonov, and uh, Kuznetsov, and you're thinking, wow, this is really not good. And, like, what the heck did they do? This is, uh, I were they out at a bar? Were they, like, who knows what they were doing? And we've seen capitals, different capitals players, Instagrams of them being in various states of... Uh, pandemic ignoring bliss, I guess you would say. Uh, So you're like, okay, this isn't great. And then the news comes out that no, it turns out what they were doing was they were in a hotel room together unmasked, uh, which is technically in violation of the NHL protocols. So I think for me, my thoughts are, I think a lot of like, parties share blame in here. I mean, first off, you have to blame Ovechkin, Kuznetsov, uh, Orlov, and Samsonov. I mean, these rules are annoying, yes, but we're in the middle of a global pandemic. 400,000 people have died from this. And I know it's annoying, but you would hope that they could at least gather enough kind of sympathy for fellow man to at least pretend to understand the rules. And on top of that, ignorance isn't really a huge defense here because— as uh, Kuznetsov said in a previous interview, he understood what the rules were, and it's frustrating to see that they knew, presumably knew what they were doing wasn't good, and risked their teammates and re- risked a lot of other things. So that's that's number one. Um, But number two, I do think that the NHL, this is kind of a strange rule, and it's a really selective rule, because as a lot of people have noted, it's not like them being in a hotel room is that much different than them being in a mask or them being on a bench together maskless. And so you're like, well, why is one okay and the other not? And the answer seems to pretty obviously be that one makes the NHL money and the other doesn't. So that's... It's kind of frustrating to see, obviously, the NHL really kind of apply rules when they think it's going to benefit them PR wise, but not really when you think it's going to be a maximum kind of help. So that's that's the other thing. And then I would also say I think the Caps organization is at least a little bit to blame here, too. Uh, as, as the reporting around this is noted, the Caps were warned warned about this before and they were warned about it because they were showed massless in the in their locker room in a video that the team released. So you're just like, what is going on here? And it's so that's a long winded way of saying, I think I'm just kind of frustrated in general at this situation. But I, I don't, I don't kind of know what your takes are here.
0: Well, you know, I, I'm. And it's weird because I've personally been relatively isolated consistently since the start of the pandemic, but I, I, I'm actually having trouble getting too bent out of shape of the players congregating in a hotel room with uh, themselves. I mean, yeah. I hadn't read the rules beforehand and I always kind of just assumed that it was going to be kind of like the bubble when they were on the road. You know, that these guys would kind of just be hanging out in the hotel and they wouldn't really be seeing a lot of people that weren't already on the team. And, you know, at home, they'd be exposed to more people and there'd be more risk. But I thought the road would be relatively uh, free. I mean, these guys are, you know, they're almost in their pods with the rest of their team. And it's just a bit bizarre to me. I mean, so what are they expecting these hockey players to do when they're on the road and they're on the road for longer stretches this season? Because... Um, you know the schedule's so weird, right sure. so so they're they're gonna go they're gonna practice, they're gonna go sleep, you know pre game nap or whatever they're gonna go to the ring, come back, go back to sleep, and the rest of the time what what are they doing? They're just supposed to sit in their rooms by themselves i mean it sounds like that's what the guideline is,
1: yeah, i mean you would think that like i mean obviously they they can't have been the first n h l team to have done something kind of in this vein. You figure that it might well have been that the Caps had a code exposure and there was contact tracing and then they were kind of caught in this situation. But, you know, at the same time, like, that's frustrating, but you know what? Like, we're all dealing with that too. So my, my sympathy here is, it's somewhat limited. I mean, I would like to think that if if this is the rule, and you know that this is the rule, then you figure out kind of creative ways to be able to get some kind of interaction. I don't know if it's via Zoom. I don't know how exactly you want to do it. But my sympathy here is just somewhat limited because we're all having to deal with this. And I, I don't think that the players should necessarily get an exception because they're just on the road. And, you know, I think you can say that maybe the rule doesn't make a, a ton of sense in, in the sense that it's inconsistently applied. But I think we would all agree that having more exposures without masks in the COVID, you know, pandemic is not a good thing. So yeah, I just I I, I get what you're saying. And I I kind of agree with you that it's a weird rule. But it's again, I keep circling back to it's a weird rule that the caps knew about. And that you to have four of their really kind of leaders on the team violate this is is frustrating to me,
0: yeah i would be really shocked if this wasn't happening around the league
1: a hundred percent
0: yeah i mean i am if Samson Sonov hadn't tested positive and it i mean this is how it came up uh relative to the Washington Post article I was reading earlier the you know, it, it's all started because of contact tracing with Samsonov, as, as yeah. in this this fine, and Ovechkin going to miss four games, and Kuznetsov and Orlov, but it, it's just, it, no one, I, I don't know, this whole thing's tough, but it, it's, I mean, these guys would be then by themselves isolated, a lot of people that are in the pandemic are also with people, even
1: if sure. they're isolated, not Absolutely everybody, fair. but a lot of people. But, I mean, um, yeah. it's not like they can't ever be around people. I mean, like, they're around people for significant portions when you have practices, you have all this. And then, I mean, got my other thought kind of is that this is why you have this rule in place, right? I mean, you have Samsonov who tests positive and might have exposed other people. And, I mean, part of the problem with this then is, I mean, really, like, the whole Caps team probably shouldn't be playing, right? Because I mean, Samsonov's been positive, he's been on the bench next to these people, like yeah. pretty much the entire team. Well, he was testing positive with the coronavirus. So the idea that, you know, it's just kind of a weird situation that like, I, it's hard to say that the caps really should play on Friday because I mean, even if they test negative, they might test po- Some of the players might test positive again in the future.
0: Well, yeah, and it kind of goes back to what you said. I mean, the reason the NHL probably has a rule in place how they do is so they have something to fall back on yes. and say, oh, the other players are still able to go because they weren't together, you know, in a hotel room. They were. Yeah. It was only when they were on the bench. But that that that's, I don't know, th- th- this vein is certainly... We <laughs> could talk about, like, how wrong the Capitals were. Or, uh, as, you know, we could go back and forth on it all day. But okay. I think it's more interesting... Uh, to kind of talk about how this affects the team. I mean, the Capitals are, at, at the time of recording, 2-0-2. Yeah. Uh, they lost both games to Pittsburgh in uh, the first one in the shootout, second one in overtime. And uh, really, the, the, the second loss to Pittsburgh was just one of the worst uh, shot-your-foot performances I've seen in a long time.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I can't believe you would be saying that uh, giving up a five on or a, a goal while you're up on a five on three would be uh, would be tough. I, I, don't, I don't know what you're talking about there.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, it, uh they gave up a goal while they were shorthanded five on three. They gave up a goal while they were on the five on three power play. So, that yeah. Was- and they uh, gave up a
1: goal just on the normal penalty kill and a goal five on five. So there you go. They had the four Fecta. The only thing they were missing is the Penguins just getting a normal shorthanded goal against them. Although you know, I mean it's not like the Caps had many power play opportunities for them to even do that with. So well
0: except for the Penguins we have six opportunities six more games to try to do that this year. So well, uh, <laughs> certainly certainly have a chance. That's but true. Gr- Greg, what are your kind I mean, what are your thoughts here? Because the Caps played okay against Buffalo. They played a a strong first game, kind of a uh, so-so second game. I mean, I I just feel like we're not seeing a lot of
1: consistently strong hockey so far. No, I'll say this. Like, I I don't think that's just a Caps problem. (laughs) Like, you look at Pittsburgh, which didn't look particularly good in these games either, I think. So that's number one. I mean, Boston apparently can't score, which I guess when you're without David Posternock, that'll happen. Uh, But really, I mean, like, you wouldn't say any of the teams in the East uh, have looked particularly great, save for maybe Tampa. So I, I don't think this is just a Caps problem. I think that this is kind of a weird situation and obviously breaking in a new head coach. Isn't This isn't an easy time for that to happen because there's been no preseason. You've had these COVID protocols and they had a an abbreviated training camp. So that's definitely not ideal. At the same time, though, I get kind of where you're drifting at with this question. And I agree. I think they've looked kind of listless, I would say. Like they have these periods where they look good and you're like, wow, this is a competent hockey team that maybe could go on a run. And I would say the last game, the first period against the Penguins, they were pretty good. Like uh-huh. they really didn't give up much. They, you know, uh, Wilson looks great. Brano looks pretty good. They, you know, they, they were doing things that made a lot of sense and they look kind of like a normal competent hockey team. And then you, you have the second period, which is just bizarre. <laughs> and like, they just seem to kind of, lose all focus and then the third and overtime they didn't look particularly good either. So, yeah, it's just weird. It's hard to get a read on it. I mean, the thing you have to say first and I've said this a lot on Twitter, uh and when I haven't said it on Twitter, I've gotten myself in trouble, but it is only four games, right? And these are four games that they've looked good in different portions of the four games. So, it's not like this team can't put it together at least a little bit, but yeah, I mean, like they—I don't know, Adam. I'm kind of curious what you think, but they just kind of look a little listless right now. That's the word that keeps coming to my head. Well, the the real
0: thing that I've found interesting is it feels like the Capitals' strong portions of play have all come earlier in games. Yes. And and I think that that is more interesting because they are the NHL's oldest team. Yeah. Um, and of course it's you know, they didn't have a training camp or these guys not in the best shape. I mean, when is it going to be more important to kind of have your conditioning than when you're, you know, old. And that's kind of where the, (laughs) that's what the capitals are now. I mean, they're an old hockey team and, uh, you know, it, it, the second periods, you know, the long change, once that started, they've, they've just, they mean, they've been bad in second periods again, only four games. And, um, I don't know. We'll have to see if this trend continues as the sample size gets longer. If the capitals continue to struggle in the second period, I think it will be, there'll be a lot to look at there. I know kind of people don't tend to kind of look at analysis by period too, too often, but I think it was interesting with the capitals a few years ago when we saw kind of the opposite, I believe they were really good
1: in the second period and they, they, they,
0: they had a bit more kind of offensive skill in that
1: top nine, and, and it took for them seemingly a little bit longer to kind of get into the game a little bit in the first. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And nice. now it's yeah. The opposite. It's it's weird. I mean, and I'll give you another weird thing. Um. All right. Can you name me the the in terms of expected goals, the Capitals' best player in terms of expected goals when you adjust for score and and uh and uh, and uh, uh score and venue? Can you can you name the the top Capital? Oh
0: uh Zdeno Chara.
1: No, Evgeny Kuznetsov. Nah, that's, right. <laughs> so, there you go. This has been a weird year already there and Orlov's one of the worst. So, I guess shame on me there. But uh but anyways, I <laughs> I admit when I'm wrong. But, but anyways, uh at least so far. But yeah, I mean, it's interesting that you mentioned that. I I hadn't thought about that at first, but it makes some sense. I mean, we're going to want to see what's what it what it's like after four games, right? Because it you know the caps play looks like they play buffalo again so that's you know a team that they should do decently against and then they play the islanders after that and who who knows with them so i mean the caps have six games in a row at home now so let's see if they can kind of maybe start ramping it up a little bit maybe getting last change in some of these second periods will be helpful but i mean i agree with you and also Man, oh man, the Caps just look really slow. <laughs> like at least uh, during por- huge portions of the lineup. And I remember first game, I was when it, when you look at the lines, you're like, I you know I really like T.J. Oshie, Nicholas Backstrom, and Alex Ovechkin. But like, can anyone on that on that first line skate anymore? And like, not really. And so I think that hurt them. And I think that. I kind of was with the idea on LaViolette of what he did with the lines yesterday or the last game of at least trying to balance some of the speed and kind of younger players throughout the lineup. I think that was kind of an interesting maneuver. So yeah, I, you know, I think that they kind of just look a little old and slow and it's uh we'll see if they could kind of maybe get in a little bit more of a rhythm. Although obviously without your four of your top players, that's going to be a lot harder.
0: Yeah, it is. Uh, I also want to give a shout out to Tyler Anderson on Twitter. He's been a, uh, Going back and forth with me a lot on this second period. Yeah, cast. he's a good follow, isn't he? Yes, he is. You can yeah. follow
1: him at M
0: underscore Miracle Man. if, there if you're you interested. go. Um, yeah, yeah,
1: no, yeah, yeah, he's good, and he also retweets a lot of my stuff, so I'm a little biased. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> always self-serving, Greg. Hey, 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 hey! I think at Japer's Rink, we we had this debate, or not this debate. We we always, uh, I think at one point the discussion came up of uh, who the most pleasant Twitter follow is, and uh, I think his name was mentioned. So there you go.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, all right that you got me to lose my train of thought there, Greg, uh, when we kind of look back and, and about what's coming down the pipeline here for the Capitals, it, I mean, how do you think they're going to fare without Ovechkin and these guys in the lineup? Um, I, I mean, we're not seeing Carl Haglund step up to provide some offensive
1: depth. I, you know, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, I mean, whenever there's a two or a three on O, he's the guy you want finishing at the end of that. Right. Right. <laughs> right. To the side of the net. <laughs> you, I mean, I, that we all looked at that. I think we all thought the same thing of, oh, hey, a three all know. that's pretty cool. Like, that almost never happens. And then you look at the players involved and you're like, oh, no, this is not going to end well. And I mean, not only did like Carl Hagelin miss that opportunity, he wasn't particularly close. <laughs> it wasn't, it, it like, it wasn't like, oh, he hit a post or oh, it was a great save. It was, oh, yeah, he like missed it by a so yeah, that was that was frustrating.
0: Yeah, he, I, I thought he came in with a bit too much speed there. I mean, it's a three on zero. They had a lot of space. They probably could have gotten a few more passes in, to be honest. But,
1: Almost kind of like Jason Chimera a little bit, you know? And, yeah,
0: well, that, that, that yeah. that's how I've been thinking about Haglin and describing him recently is he's uh, kind of Jason Chimera except, but I think Chimera might have scored a few more goals. He did, and, and
1: and I will say this. I mean, we make fun of Carl Haglin. Carl Haglin is an excellent penalty killer. Like, legitimately excellent at it. And he's a really good defensive forward. Like, it, you have to look for it, but it, it's there. So, I mean, and honestly Cap's fourth line, I think, has actually looked pretty good so far. So, I will make fun of Carl Hagelin for his finishing. But, uh, I, you know, he's actually a, a more useful player, I think, than he's given credit for.
0: I don't know. You, you get paid a lot of money as a forward. You got to you gotta produce a little bit. But, but, I mean,
1: are they paying Carl Hagelin that? I guess, what are they paying him? Like, a million five or something? Uh, I think it's more than that. Let's see. Oh, all right. Great podcasting. We're gonna go look up everyone's
0: contract. Well, I mean, listen, <laughs> you can't say it and not provide the.
1: That's true. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, all right. How much is Carl Hagelin getting paid? Uh, contract. Do-do-do. He is. Oh wow. Yeah. Wow. He's getting two two million seven hundred fifty thousand. Ugh. Yeah. That's that's a little too high for. Yeah. <laughs> and- for a skill set that you would like to see under a million and a half, because I and mean, two more years on that deal. Ugh. And and I, because here's the other thing, like I mean, the Garnett Hathaway contract, I think he's paid what like a million or, or a little over that, maybe like a million five or something. That's like a good value contract for the Caps, and you're like, yeah, that's what you should pay a fourth liner, and not two million seven hundred fifty thousand. That's way too high. But anyways, um, all right, I think, but I think you asked me about what this is going to be, what this means for the Caps going forward, at least to the next four games. And I I guess I don't really know. We don't really know what the lineup is going to look like. We don't know whether Connor McMichael is going to play. We don't know how the goaltending is going to work between Vanacek and uh, Anderson. Although I would say that's probably the area I'm probably most nervous in because, man, oh, man, like the, uh, it the vanacek didn't look great i think last night and i think craig anderson is probably donezo at this point in his career so yeah that's that's not great um i would say the other parts of it though might be okay like i mean you lose orla that sucks but the caps have like a million defenders who i think can you know they can kind of make that work so obviously we'll presumably we'll see Siegenthaler dollar in the lineup presumably uh we might see TBR at some point. We're going to maybe see Chara get bumped up, which I'm not in love with, but you know, that, that's probably going to be how that would work for lobby Um So I think blue line wise, it's okay. I mean, obviously losing Kuznetsov and Ovechkin is really hard, particularly because I think Kuznetsov actually had been off to kind of a decent start for the year, shot share wise. So a little bit of a bummer there to see that go off. And uh yeah, I just like I just don't know. I don't know whether they're going to put Connor McMichael in. I don't know kind of what the downstream effects of that are going to be. I, I mean, that being said, I don't think Ovechkins look great this year, but whenever you're without your kind of heart and soul, that's going to be really tough. So I think that's a long way of saying I'm just not really sure. Uh, it, the fact that the Caps are at home for this whole stretch, I think is helpful. Uh, but... Yeah, yeah, like I guess Buffalo is the team you want to play while, the, while you figure this out, but this definitely isn't ideal. What I will say though is it's not just the Caps that are dealing with injuries and COVID, and stupid COVID related uh, kind of absences. I, you look at the Penguins, they just lost uh, Marcus Pedersen for quite a while. The Flyers just lost a couple of key pieces, and the Bruins are still without a couple of their key players. So yeah, I guess like if if this is gonna happen, get it over with now. But yeah, I mean it's definitely not ideal.
0: So, Greg, what's going to happen with Conor McMichael here? What, do you, what do you, I, I can't imagine a better time to get a guy like him some minutes.
1: So uh, the news, right, with Conor McMichael is that he is now out of isolation and on the taxi squad. So I think we had expected this, frankly. I, I remember I talked to Samantha Pell about this, and— before the year. And she had said, yeah, like that's kind of a going and me on the taxi squad. And you would think that they would promote him, although we don't have any indication that that's happened so far. So, I mean, I would like to see him in the lineup and get big minutes. And the reason why is why not? Right. Like, I mean, the Caps just lost two of their best scoring players. They have a lineup that doesn't have a lot of scoring depth. So give the kid a shot. And I'd mean, like If he plays terrible, just put him on the fourth line or something, you know, like this doesn't and you can you can end the experiment after a couple of games if he's obviously not NHL ready. But Adam, we've we've talked about this and I know that your hockey graphs community is all over this. But NHL players these days, like when players come into the NHL, they're just ready much faster than we think they are and that their peaks are a lot younger than you think they would be. So. I like I. I mean, is if, is maybe Connor McMichael not NHL ready? I mean, that's definitely a possibility. But why not try to figure that out?
0: No. Yeah, I mean, if the team puts him in a spot where he can succeed, and in my mind, that's certainly the top nine role. And with these guys out, I think it's got to be a top six role. Yeah. Uh, you know, th- these players can do a lot of good stuff um, if the, if they're surrounded by you know the right type of talent. And I think um, he could have that if he gets in the lineup right now. So. I, I'm they put him defend- with like oshi
1: and I don't know like someone else defensively responsible, and maybe you know kind of ease him in that way or something,
0: you know like defense is whatever like let's not <laughs> 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 like defense is obviously super important, but the guy's a forward and he's gonna he's gotta score like what's gonna set him up is and what will give him the confidence to succeed will be points, and then the defense will come i i i am a such a firm believer in kind of the impact that confidence has on these young players and the the way that most of these guys end up succeeding is just having a coach that puts confidence in them um, I and mean, do we think Laviolette's
1: that coach is the real question?
0: I, I, I don't know I don't know if he's that guy uh, uh-huh. I think I think when I had Adam Vingan on and he, we were talking about kind of how we did with young players, uh, he liked to point a little bit to Philip Forsberg as a guy that um, was still kind of breaking into the league when Laviolette came along and then kind of became uh, a real kind of offensive talent for Nashville, so um, we know
1: that all too well, don't we? <laughs> we do.
0: And I'm not quite sure that uh, McMichael is gonna end up as good as uh, Philip Forsberg, but if he is, that that will certainly be a, a huge boon to the Capitals. So. Yes,
1: and that might extend the window a little bit because uh, this is. I know we all talk about the Caps window, but like, a, I think we're starting to see the uh, maybe the twilight towards the towards the night of it i would say it'll be the the daylight analogy i'll use for a window which isn't at all a daylight thing but whatever uh yeah so that's (laughs) why why not why not give it a shot
0: yeah we're only four games in but it's uh look the capitals aren't looking like barn burners here and i think i think every you know everyone that's watched the game so far probably feels that way too um and you know there's a good chance that they could be coming out of this uh four games without these guys at at two two and four or, or something like that so yeah it's, and, uh, I mean,
1: I, I mean, what I will say is, like, the fact that the Penguins don't look particularly good and the Bruins haven't looked particularly great so far, that's a big deal. And, I mean, like, it maybe buys the Caps a little bit of room because they only need to be in the top four, but I, they just can't throw away games. And I think JP on the site was saying this, had an article about this earlier, that... I, like when you have games where you have like an eighty, seventy, eighty percent shot of winning, according to puck money, then you gotta you gotta find a way to get those two points.
0: Yeah, I believe he said that the Capitals have blown more leads after one period, uh, already this young season than they did in the entire 2018 Stanley Cup winning season. So oh,
1: there you go. That's, and, uh, and th- not yeah. promising.
0: <laughs> no, yeah, and they were at, at I believe a ninety percent chance when this five-on-three started against Pittsburgh. So. Not great. Um, but, the, Greg, I mean, that, that we kind of went over the important key points. I have nothing else that I really want to get off my chest. Um, you know, the, there's a lot of kvetching we could continue to do about what we've seen from this team and, God, what we have to expect to see when we turn on the TV here. Oh, um, but <laughs> you, you have any other thoughts? Anything else you'd like to focus on?
1: No, I mean, I, I will say the the Caps' blue line is something I'm going to be interested in. Uh, they've been They've actually kept the Pairs basically exactly the same for the first four games which I think is defensible but obviously now with Orlov being out that's going to create a cascading effect so I'll be interested to see who they put with Carlson whether it is going to be Chara or you know what they kind of see there I mean maybe you put Jensen in again although I think we've seen pretty mixed success there so I'll be interested to see that and uh, obviously we talked about Michael already so that'll be I think kind of just interesting to see exactly what happens there yeah it will be
0: um, I have no idea where the defense defense parents are going to go. But Greg, thank you
1: for uh, taking the time today. Appreciate it. Anytime, and I'm always here for Japers Rink Radio. It's uh, and Adam, what should people do if they like this podcast?
0: Well, I was getting there, Greg. But what they should oh. really do is they give <laughs> a
1: five star review.
0: If they search back and see some of the old reviews, and you know, you want to give Greg a hard time. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> give greg a
1: hard time so his friends can always whenever whenever he's in the group chat always text the the photo of the uh of the greg young itunes review uh, <laughs> you can do that that's totally fine <laughs> <laughs> uh, go go
0: real the big thing guys is just to uh go go check out the japers rink website um follow myself on twitter at string follow greg at Ooh, Greg young underscore jr is that correct? Greg, that, uh, Greg y underscore jr you, you were right there. yeah that was they, close that was off the top of my head that, that was nicely not... done nicely done you get a you get a gold star there well I don't usually plug the other people i usually let you know let them do it but i figured like, we try to wrap this bad boy up but we, we we figured it out um thank you all for listening and we look forward to talking to you guys again soon.